Welcome to Goop Tales. I'm Maria Kalanchini, the founder, writer, and narrator behind these original audio stories. Goop Tales is a storytelling podcast for children that will ignite your imagination, get you off the screen, increase your vocabulary, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals. And today's story was inspired by Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for sending me in Russian. I had never even thought about using a wormhole as a portal to the world from Goop World until you suggested that. And I love that idea. And I did some research on wormholes and you're going to hear all about them in this story. So here is Ryan's voicemail that inspired Rushum and the Chocolate Wormhole. You know, Rushum, the Goop Tale I sent you before, my name is Ryan, and Rushum has a, wears a blue hat with a pom-pom on the top, and it has sparkles on it, and he also has a watch, and I think how he should go to where he want where he's supposed to go he's 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 rushing his friend so fast and a lot he's rushing so fast that he's running and running and then he goes through a wormhole to wherever he wants to go bye okay just a couple of announcements before we get started with the story if you go to instagram with your adult of course you're going to be able to learn a new vocabulary word each day. I put up really fun vocabulary words on Instagram and I tell you what they mean and Rocco gets to guest star in some of my videos explaining them along with some of the goops. So if you want to know what a teradiddle is, amongst other words, head on over there after this episode. And now the most exciting announcement is that next week, first week in November, we are releasing the Goop Tales Create a Goop Activity Kit. If you go to Instagram, I will walk you through it in a video. But it's like a super duper version of a writing book, a creative book, a coloring book, where you get to use your brain in all kinds of interesting ways. And in it, you get to tap into your creativity and create a goop of your own making. And if you think you're not creative or you're going to have a hard time, you're wrong. I have covered everything from naming your goop to how your goop feels, to what your goop wears, to what it carries, to who it become friends with to where it travels in the world. I give you guidance every step of the way. You just have to use your imagination to fill it all in. So make sure you're on the email list at gooptales.com and you will be getting an email on how to get this book. Goop Tales, episode 126, 
Rusham and the Chocolate Wormhole. Rusham was such a curious goop. He was always welcome to any group. He had an open mind and was full of wonder. He could even tell you why there was thunder. But oftentimes he was so hurried, in such a rush, he would just disappear and leave only a hush. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a very curious and inquisitive young goop named Rusham. Rusham always wanted to know everything he possibly could, and he wanted to know it fast. He wore a little watch and was constantly checking it as if time was about to run out. Rusham wanted to understand how things worked from the inside out. In science class, he was never short of questions. He would wave his hand wildly at Miss Wigglebutt, who tried to surreptitiously ignore him. But it was often impossible, as his was the only hand waving, along with know-it-alls, of course. Oh, I have so many questions, Miss Wigglebutt. What is the largest land animal on Earth? Yes, Rusham, may I help you? Is the sun a star? An African elephant, Rusham? He asked before Miss Wigglebutt could stop him. Wait, I have another question. Which planet is the red planet? Yes, it is now, called out Rusham. Mars is the red planet, Rusham. We need to move on now, said Miss Wigglebutt as she stared at the top of his little pom-pom hat trying to avoid his gaze. One more, one more, please, Miss Wigglebutt, just one more. Why do mosquito bites itch? He asked. Miss Wigglebutt sighed. <sighs> she had not expected this question and she did not know the answer. She burst out laughing and said, Rusham, I have absolutely no idea why mosquito bites itch. Why don't you make that your homework for next week? The entire Goop science class also burst into laughter. The Goops loved that Rusham's unbridled curiosity took them all to unexpected places. But Rusham was always in a hurry to know the answers and to get to wherever he was going. Sometimes he was in such a rush that he didn't slow down enough to listen to his friends his parents, or Miss Wigglebutt. And sometimes he was in such a rush that he missed all the fun. Rusham was very good friends with Manipulata. Manipulata was a master manipulator, and she knew just how to manipulate Rusham so that his rushing around benefited her. Rusham, did you know that the chocolate shop is going to close early today, she said one fine Friday afternoon. Manipulata knew that Goblet and Pyjam and Sweet Toothia were all on their way to the chocolate shop, and they would buy all of the chocolate-covered salted caramels that were in high demand. These were a personal favorite of Manipulata's, but she didn't feel like rushing to the shop and competing for the caramels 
So with a bit of manipulation, she got Rusham to do her bidding. The chocolate shop is going to close. I don't think so. It's too early, replied Rusham as he glanced at his watch. Oh no, Gossipina told me that the chocolate shop was going to close early this Friday, said Manipulata in a sweet little voice. Really? That's strange. Friday's a big day for the chocolate shop. I wonder why they would close early, said Rusham as he scratched at his little pom-pom hat. I don't know, but I guess we won't have any chocolate today, sighed Manipulata. What? No way. We will have chocolate. I can rush over there. What kind of chocolate do you want? Manipulata smiled inwardly and then looked at Rusham with her big goop eyes and said, Really? You would rush over there? Well, of course. I want chocolate too. Now just tell me what you want, said a very anxious Rusham. Um, how about some chocolate-covered salted caramels? asked Manipulata in a very casual tone. No problem. Those sound great. I may have to get a few for myself, replied Rusham as he turned to race to the chocolate shop. You really should. You'll love them, said Manipulata with a cunning smile. I'll follow behind you, she called out as Rusham rushed away. He was on fire now. There was no way this chocolate shop was going to close without him getting some chocolate. Racing down the sidewalk, Rusham practically knocked over Lazy Leva, who was sauntering down the street. Rusham was probably the speediest of all the goops, especially when he was motivated, and he arrived at the chocolate shop within minutes. It was not closed. The door was wide open, and just as he approached, Rusham saw Sweet Toothia, Goblet, and Pie Jam, each holding a bag of candy and laughing and talking. They waved and carried on. Hmm, Manipulata was wrong, thought Rusham to himself. The store is still open. He went inside and looked around for the chocolate-covered salted caramels. He didn't see any, so he asked where they were and was told that the last chocolate-covered salted caramels had just been sold. Rusham knew exactly who had bought them, so he raced out the door and moved so quickly down the street in pursuit of Sweet Toothia, Goblet, and Pie Jam that he created a wormhole. An invisible tunnel caused by his velocity surrounded Rusham, and soon he found himself moving through a wormhole at the speed of light. Chapter Two. The wormhole thrust Russian forward with such velocity that he couldn't move. He was like a ball that had been shot out of a cannon flying forward. Unable to think he was moving so quickly, Rusham was merely a particle in space, waiting to land. With a burst of light, Rusham was shot out of the wormhole and landed on top of an ancient stone wall. A few stones fell to the ground as he hit it. 
standing up and surveying the scenery, Rusham knew that he had moved through time. He took a quick peek at his watch. It said 2000 BC. Rusham had traveled thousands of years back in time. He watched as humans wearing very colorful clothing moved about in a small village. There were people carrying water in buckets and others squatting low to the ground and preparing food. Young children ran all about in the dirt. There were no roads or sidewalks or houses. Everything was so free and unstructured. The vibrant energy drew Rusham in, but he did not want to be spotted. He knew that he did not belong here, and he wasn't sure how these humans would receive him. He sensed the people were gentle, but he also sensed that danger could come at any moment. This was a very different world than the one he was familiar with. Sliding behind the trunk of a tree, Rusham looked up to see that it had big yellow pods hanging from its branches. The yellow pods looked vaguely familiar, but Rusham was unsure where he had seen them before. And then he thought about the chocolate-covered salted caramel he had been in pursuit of, and it dawned on him. This was a cacao tree, and those were cacao pods. This was where chocolate came from. Staring down at his watch again, Rusham thought to himself, is this the invention of chocolate in 2000 BC? He didn't even know what BC meant, but he knew it was a long, long, long time ago. It's that wormhole. I need to get back into that wormhole. I can't stay stuck here in 2000 BC. Although I would like to try some of those cacao pods, he thought as he watched several of the villagers cracking open the cacao pods. All of a sudden, a small hand shoved a cacao pod in front of Rusham's face and he heard a gurgling sound. Rusham froze and then slowly looked down. There was a baby boy holding the pod and waving it at Rusham. There was also a commotion coming from the nearby villagers. They were looking for the baby boy who was at Rusham's feet. The noise grew louder as the villagers all began to call out for the young baby. All of the villagers were searching for Tlaloc, who was hiding with Rusham behind the cacao tree. Rusham didn't understand a word the villagers were saying, and he wasn't so sure they would be friendly to him. What if they thought he was from another planet? Or maybe they would think he was a pet. Or worse, they might think he was some sort of food. This thought terrified Rusham. He had seen a large boiling pot in the village and he didn't want to end up in it. He had to get out of here. The baby at his feet gurgled again and Rusham looked at him and held up his finger to his lips as if to say, shh. But the baby laughed thinking Rusham was playing with him. All of a sudden, Rusham heard shouting, Tlaloc! 
And looking up, he saw a large man with an enormous feathered headdress pointing at him and yelling. Then the man began to run towards him as the villagers gathered around him, all in pursuit of Rusham. Without hesitating, Rusham popped up and said, Bye-bye, Tolope, and took off like a rocket in the opposite direction of the villagers. Somehow, he had to outrun them. He sped through the village outskirts and straight into a group of stone buildings that looked like pyramids, but with flat tops. One of them had stairs all the way to the top, and Rusham sped up the stairs with the man in the headdress not far behind. He was shouting and waving a cacao pod. There were hundreds of stairs, but Rusham didn't tire. He never stopped as he was running for his life. When he reached the top platform, he was moving so quickly, he ran right across and flew off the other side, where he ran right into another wormhole that sucked him up with such force and velocity that he instantly vanished from sight. The man in the headdress from ancient Mesoamerica just watched and shook his head, laughing. (laughs) Then he thought to himself, another time traveler. Chapter three. Once again, Rusham was moving through a wormhole at the speed of light. He wanted to think as he moved, but he was moving so fast he was unable to engage his brain. It was all a blur, and time and space stood still as he raced through them. He was shot out of the wormhole with such velocity that he orbited around the Earth below and landed in 16th century Spain. To be precise, he landed in a large copper cooking pot in the middle of El Escorial, the royal palace of King Philip II of Spain. Looking down at his watch, Rusham saw the year 1544. I'm racing through time. What is happening? He thought to himself. After getting his bearings, Rusham popped his head up over the edge of the pot. His eyes widened as he watched no less than 20 cooks and servants moving about the kitchen frantically and calling out to each other in Spanish. Rusham did not understand very much Spanish, but when he heard the word pollo, he perked up as he knew what it meant. He turned his head to see the pollo and was aghast to see a chicken about to be thrown into a pot of boiling water. Everyone in the kitchen was preparing some sort of feast for a party in the castle. Rusham quickly decided that he did not want to suffer the fate of the pollo and become a side dish on the buffet. He felt a need to get out of the kitchen before he was spotted. He surreptitiously looked around, trying to find an escape route, when he heard someone say, Si, si, el cacao, aquí, por favor. Rusham looked around to see a large woman with a pestle standing over a table, crushing cacao beans. 
she was smashing them so hard that bits of cacao flew up into the air as she ground her pestle into the beans. She seemed to be enjoying this process a little too much, and that frightened Rusham. Just as he was deciding what to do, the woman looked up and caught sight of him. She flailed her arms, pointing at Rusham, speaking very excitedly in Spanish. All Rusham heard was, Lo quiero, which meant, I want it. He was quite sure she was speaking about him, and he was also quite sure that he did not want to end up beneath her pestle. He scrambled out of the copper pot as the chef made a beeline for him. Rusham raced across the enormous kitchen table he had landed on. He raced around several large pots, including the one that held the pollo. Towards the end of the table, the pastry chef had laid out a jar of flour and some butter. Not knowing what else to do, Rusham dove into the flour, hoping to hide himself. He could scarcely breathe as he hid beneath the dusty flour, but he dared not pop out. Donde? Donde? Donde es el pequeño? Lo encontraré, which meant, where? Where is the little one? I will find him. Rusham wasn't sure what it meant, but he knew it wasn't good. All of a sudden, he could feel the jar with the flower moving. Someone had picked it up. And then, with no warning, the jar was turned upside down on the table and all the flowers spilled out, creating a big white billowing dust storm. The chef with the pestle had turned the jar upside down in her search for Rusham, and she was momentarily blinded by all the flour. Ay, ay, she called out as she wiped the flour from her face. Rusham took this opportunity to rush away. He slid down the table leg and looked around. Directly in front of him was a roaring fire in the most enormous fireplace that Rusham had ever seen. It was so large that it could fit at least 10 pigs. But in fact, there were only two pigs and they were roasting. I, I can't roast. I can't be smashed with a stone pestle. I'm out. I'm out of the 16th century Spain, said Rusham, and he said it aloud. As soon as he spoke, the pestle-wielding chef turned in his direction and a huge smile spread across her face. This was it. Rusham was stuck between her and the pig-roasting fireplace. With no time to think, he ran into the side of the fireplace where the flames couldn't reach him, but the heat could. It was far hotter than he could have imagined, and Rusham knew the only thing that would save him was to rush right out. So with his little behind practically on fire, he zipped out straight between the legs of the cacao-crushing chef, and he ran like he was running for his life, because he was. He ran and ran straight through the kitchen and up a narrow winding stone staircase, all the while being chased by the cacao crusher. When he finally reached the top of the staircase, there was a turret with a tiny, tiny window. So tiny that Rusham could fit through it, but the cacao crusher could not. He did the only thing he could think to do, 
he went through the window and jumped. Chapter 4 Once again, Russian found himself moving through space and time at the speed of light. There was a sensation of falling. Opening his eyes as he descended, Russian saw the world fly by in a timeline of events from the 16 and 1700s. To his left, Russian saw the pilgrims arrive by the Mayflower to America. But a millisecond later, he was watching the Salem witch trials. Then he felt the heat of fire as the great fire of London blazed through the city. Next was Napoleon riding his horse Marengo through the French Revolution. Then he heard Mozart composing his outstanding music. And finally, he watched as Benjamin Franklin flew a kite during a lightning storm and discovered electricity. It all happened simultaneously at the speed of light, and Rusham understood everything instantly. Reaching out his hand to touch the lightning, Rusham broke through the wormhole and fell straight down to Earth, where he landed in 19th century Holland. Immediately, Rusham looked down at his watch. It said, 1848. Standing up, he dusted himself off and found that he was covered with a fine brown dust that smelled very familiar. It's cacao. I smell it. <gasps> Chocolate, sighed Rusham to himself. Then he took a tiny taste. It was very bitter. Rusham scrunched up his nose and looked around, hoping to find a chocolate bar. Instead, he saw a large, multi-storied machine with many levers. There was a man pushing levers up and down, and another man was placing cacao seeds into the machine. It was a cocoa press that ground the cacao seeds into fine cocoa powder. Walking behind the machine, Rusham climbed up on one of the lower levers to get a better view, and when he did, it flung down and he heard loud screaming in Dutch. Even though he was very light, Rusham had lowered one of the presses down on a worker's thumb, and the worker wasn't happy. The worker, whose name was Mies, walked around the machine and saw Rusham sitting on the lever with big guilty eyes staring up at him. Mies began to flail his arms about and yell in Dutch while staring at Rusham until finally he reached out and snatched Rusham up in a fist, holding him to his face. Rusham's entire body was squeezed inside of Mies's thick hand. He felt like he was going to split in two. Mies released his grip and held Rusham by his shirt and turned him around, examining him from every angle, not knowing what to make of him. Sensing he needed to do something fast if he wanted to make it out of here alive, Rusham held up his wrist with the watch and pointed at it. Look, look, it's 1848. You, you live in 1848. Mies peered at the watch 
He had never seen anything like it. It was a digital display, and there were no digital displays in the world of 1848. He was curious. Seeing that he had Mises' attention and that he had calmed down a bit, Bresham undid the watch and held it out to Mies. It's a time teller, a watch from the future, said Rusham, hoping that Mies would understand. Mies placed Rusham down on a nearby table and took the watch from his hand. It was so tiny. Mies examined it and let out a few grunts as he glanced at Rusham to make sure that he didn't try and escape anywhere. He squinted his eyes and touched the front of the watch, trying to figure out how this tiny digital object worked. Then, a broad smile spread across his face as he looked down at Rusham. He was thinking what a novelty Rusham would be in Holland. Rusham and his tiny watch could be his lucky charm. Maybe he could take Rusham and turn him into a circus act. Circus, yeah, circus, cackled Mies. Rusham heard this and immediately understood the word circus. Circus? I'm not part of the circus. No, no, you don't understand. I'm a goop. No circus. Yeah, circus. Yeah, yeah, laughed Mies as he looked at Rusham. No, no, no circus, no, said Rusham. The more Rusham said, no, the more Mies said, yeah. Mies moved to the end of the table and waved the little watch about and began to laugh. Yeah, circus. Rusham could feel a panic coming on. How was he going to get out of this? And then he remembered the wormhole. He just needed to find a portal into it. Mies was still laughing and dangling the watch. He waved it back and forth at the other end of the table. And that was when Rusham decided it was now or never. He did what he did best. He rushed like the wind straight towards Mies and his tiny watch. At the final second before he hit the watch, he went into a perfect swan dive and dove right into the face of his tiny watch. And much to his and Mises' amazement, Rusham found himself back in a wormhole, moving at the speed of light. This time, he sensed all his favorite places in Goop World fly by. There was Miss Wigglebutt teaching in the classroom. All right, everyone, listen up. Tiza and Anoya laughing and trading notes in class. Very vain, staring at herself in the mirror. Sulky pouting in a corner. <coughs> Rusham saw and sensed it all at once. This was the world he loved. Goop world. And then it all came to a screeching halt. And he was back in his seat at Miss Wigglebutt's classroom with the rest of the goops. Although he was out of breath, Rusham knew he was safely back home. He immediately scanned the classroom for Manipulata. He wanted to tell her all about his time travel adventure, but she was nowhere to be found. She was in the Uyuni salt flats of Bolivia, 
But that is a tale for another time. Okay. How did you love going down a chocolate wormhole and learning a little bit about the history of chocolate through time traveling? Wouldn't it be fun to time travel? I've thought about that a lot. Where would you want to go if you time traveled? Why don't you leave me a voicemail message at gooptales.com? You can leave me a voicemail message and let me know where you would go if you time traveled. Maybe I'll even feature your message on my Instagram or TikTok so everybody else can hear it. It's just a good, fun way to think about your, to use your imagination and think about the big world around you and how you'd want to travel in it and what period of time you'd want to go to and who you'd want to meet. So let me know in my messages. Now, I want to remind you next week, first week in November, we're releasing the Create Your Own Goop Kit. It's going to be sold via Amazon so that so many of you can come in and get it. And it is very, very complete. You are going to start with your idea with however you're feeling. And that's all you have to know is how you're feeling. And I'm going to walk you through how to create an entire goop out of that. And then how to create an entire story. By the time you're finished with this activity book, you are going to have written your own goop tale pulled from your very own imagination. And I know there's a lot of active imaginations out there because I have over 1,000 voicemails telling me goop names they want made into stories. And I have thousands of emails. So let's put those all to work. Get the goop tales create your own goop activity kit. Make sure you're on my email list so you know the minute it comes out and you can get up on the email list. You can actually get a free little downloaded version of this kit on gooptales.com. So go on over there and do that. And let me then thank everybody who has left me messages in the last couple weeks since the last goop tale. I've listened to every single one, responded to every single message. I love them all. I love you all, my little goopies. So thank you, Hadley, Moksh, I love that name, Tobias, Noby, Olive, Aaron. Oh, Hadley, again, did you leave me two different messages or is that two different Hadleys? Lorraine, Divya, Miran, Charlie, and Chandler. Thank you so much. I love your voices and your creativity. I hope you turn them all into your own goops. I hope you loved going down a chocolate wormhole. And I will look forward to seeing you in the next Goop Tale. And remember, if you want to see the photos from this one, you can go to gooptales.com forward slash episode 126. And I will see you in the next Goop Tale.